heartbeat of any firehouse across the city of New York is the kitchen table. It's where we break bread, break balls, and break everything in between. They say all the world's problems can be solved at a firehouse kitchen table. I don't know how true that is, but what I do know, it's what I miss the most. Hey everybody, welcome back to the kitchen table. We're going to go with episode 8. This is episode 8 today. Flying through these episodes. I can't stop talking. I talk too much shit. I talk all the time. I know in the comments, if there are any comments, you're going to tell me to shut the fuck up. It's cool. I understand. I've been told to shut the fuck up before. Anyway, this is the kitchen table and usually I like to start off with a message of mental health. If anybody's out there hurting, if anybody's out there having trouble, what you got to do is number one is recognize that you have trouble. Recognize you got something going on in your mind. Recognize that things aren't going your way. Recognize the depression, the anxiety, anxiety, the fear, the sorrow. Admitting it. Recognize admitting it. And the other step is reaching out. You have to reach out. You can never, ever get help if you don't reach out. Please, reach out if you're hurting. Stand up, step up, get help. Tomorrow's a new day. Ask a friend. If you're hurting, get, get professional help if you need it, if you think you need it. Therapy, psychiatry, whatever. Talk to your buddies, talk to your family, get help. Admit it. It's tough admitting it. It's tough admitting that you have a problem. It's tough admitting that you need help as a man, for sure. I did. I had, I had a tough time admitting it. <clears throat> but once I did, I immediately started feeling better. So admitting it is half the battle. I don't know. I went over in, in one of the last videos about my daily process to keep me out of depression, to keep the anxiety low, to keep the fear low, to keep the sorrow low. No matter what's going on in your life, you can deal with that situation. My daily process is getting up early, going to the gym, trying to eat healthy, taking care of all the tasks, going to work having a routine, being present for my family, being there for my son and daughter and my wife and just doing the right thing. When the sun is shining, when you wake up on this side of the dirt, it really is a beautiful day. You can't take it for granted. There are plenty of people out there. If you're somebody who is thinking of starting like a fitness routine, a fitness regimen, getting healthy, eating right, you've always wanted to, you don't know how to take the first steps or you're trying to take the first steps and you don't feel right. You feel like an idiot in the gym or you don't, you think you're eating healthy, but you're not. There are so many fucking fitness influencers and nutritionists out there to guide you in the right direction. Look one of them up, start doing your research, 
start looking into nutrition. You know what's fucking what's healthy to eat and what's not. But there's programs out there to get you to eat certain amount of of things at a certain amount of time. Find that. That shit works. Get on a workout program. Find one of these fucking life coach guys. Find one of these fitness influencers who will help you. But the problem is they can give you all the information through email, through phone, through video chat, text, meeting up with them. You have to do it. Nobody else, you have to. You have the tools. They can give you the tools for proper nutrition, for proper working out, for training. They can give you the tools. You have to want it here and you have to want it here. That's it. You have the tools right here in your hand. You have a floor to do push-ups. You have a street to go running in. You have the tools. You have to step up and start and not quit. The first few weeks are difficult. After about a month, your body will start craving it. Just establish that routine. You'll establish that habit. You start stripping away all the fucking negativity, the negative, vi negative vices, the, the excessive drinking, if you do drugs, fucking gambling, whatever. Whatever negative vices you have, you can start stripping those away and I guarantee you will start feeling better mentally and physically. Okay, that's that. Get on a program. Find somebody. Seriously. All right. Now that I said that, now that I got that mental health stuff out of the way, I'm in a good mood today. I'm loving talking to you guys, even if I'm talking to an empty telephone, right? <laughs> but I'm having a blast. Whether you guys like it or not, I'm having fun. I am feeling better by doing this. I can't wait to get on here and, and just talk some shit. I wanted to get into something a little fun today. Like I said, there's going to be fire stories down the road. There's going to be story police stories down the road. Maybe some awesome stuff. Maybe some sad stuff. Some graphic stuff. Some disgusting stuff. Who knows? Just shit that first responders deal with that all, know all too well, you know, the, the crazy stuff that we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And our dark humor as a first responder is part of what gets us through. You know, you might hear like a group of firemen or a group of cops talking about something and it's, and it's a little disturbing to somebody who hasn't been through it, who's not through it on a, day, on a daily basis. But for us as first responders, dealing with it all the time and dealing with it every single day, you have to have some humor in it. You have to have some dark humor. I'm not talking about fucking crazy stuff by putting shit on the internet or, or you know, just being disgusting or disrespectful. There's just some humor in what we deal with every day. And that's what get, gets us through because we understand each other. And you know what? We talk about it together and then we leave it alone. So there's that. But my humor today is what I want to talk about is some fun stuff. I got a couple, couple decent stories about pranks and shenanigans in the firehouse. Pranks and shenanigans. <laughs> um, they are trying, from what I understand, they are trying to take away. When I left, when I retired two years ago, they would talk, they were trying to take away certain pranks. Well, actually all pranks. They were considering it hazing. They were considering it bullying. That's, that's horseshit. Pranks and shenanigans in the, in the firehouse are as traditional as, as the fire department itself. All our other traditions. This is a huge one is, is pranks. Not only is it just building bonds between guys, not only is it letting off steam, but it truly is. Some of the pranks that we, we, we play on each other are training tools. 
One of the biggest pranks in the firehouse is getting bucketed. We call it bucketed. Some of us call it getting douched. And it's usually a guy on the roof or two guys or three with buckets of water and pour water on a guy who's not looking up at the roof. It's hysterical. And all it is is water. You're getting water poured on you. No matter what time of day, it could be any time. You always have to be aware. And that's the training tool. It teaches you to look up at the building. Being on the fire department, looking up at the building is part of size up, part of your size up. You're looking at the building, you're counting the floors, you're seeing what kind of building it is, you're seeing if there's window guards, you're seeing what the roof looks like, where the fire's coming from, if there's air conditioners in the roof, if there's people hanging out the fucking windows. You are looking up, it's part of size up. So getting bucketed is you missing a fucking beat and not looking up at the building. You can walk in the building and be nervous and, and you get tunnel vision and stretching a line or you got your tools and, you, and you're scared, you're a new guy and you're not looking up at the building properly and seeing what's and taking it all in and seeing what's going on. Bucketing solves that problem. If you get bucketed enough, I guarantee you, you will look up at the fucking building. Every building you walk into, whether it's your home, whether it's the firehouse or whether it's a fire building getting bucketed so or calling it douche it's not fucking hazing hazing to me the definition of hazing to me is like physical beating people up you know tying them down getting physical and nasty and that's not that that doesn't happen in the fire fire department i've never seen that happen where people are physically hazing each other no we play pranks on each other you know we get water poured on us there was a guy that was so good at fucking pranks he would, he would go to every flushometer in the, in the urinal and you'd, you'd take a piss and hit the, hit the fucking flushometer and water would spray all over you. Now you got water and piss all over you. And you'd hear him cackling in the hallway. We would get sent on, uh, on relocations and he would do it to those firehouses. He didn't care. There was, but it was funny. And you couldn't beat him at anything. You tried, but you couldn't. He used to take, listen to this. He used to take like Entenmann's cakes and with like, with the, with the, vanilla icing on them and he would peel the icing off like a like a roll and put the hottest sauce underneath that icing and put it back and fucking take a slice out of it and throw it away it looked like somebody's eating it and he would put it back and guys would eat it and they would burn the shit out of their mouths and then we would all laugh it's pranks like that he would this one time this guy before i get into my two stories about bucketing this one time he he put a, he connected the guys, I don't know how the fuck he did it. He connected a car horn to the guy's battery, right? <laughs> because the guy, the guy fucked with him. He tried fucking with him back. So the guy would turn his car at six o'clock. We were all sitting in the kitchen because the kitchen, our kitchen table, you could see into the parking lot. We had a parking lot in our firehouse. Nice, right? So he turned his car on and we're all watching and it's dark out. So I think it was like fall or winter. And the horn goes off and his car and the lights are on and the car's on and the horn goes off and it just won't stop. And he drove out of the parking lot like he's like he's a fucking badass thinking, ah, I'll shut this thing off when I get to the corner. I'm going to let him I'm going to show them that it's not bothering me. He had to drive. He couldn't figure out how to shut it off. He had to drive. He lived in, I think, Mayapak from fucking from Harlem. It was like an hour and a half, two hour drive. With the car, with the horn on, he finally called the firehouse when he got home. He was like, dude, I don't, please tell me how to shut it off. I don't know. <laughs> it was so funny. 
So, but those are pranks. Those are pranks. They're harmless pranks. Nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's fucking feelings are getting hurt. If your feelings are getting hurt from pranks, you need to toughen the fuck up, man. You need to find a new job. If you can't take the ball breaking and the pranks, you seriously need to find something else to do because it's it's tradition. It's part of what we do. It's part of how we bond with each other. It, it's just the laughs, the laughs at the table, playing pranks and 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 telling jokes and breaking balls. I fucking, you just don't have that anymore when you leave the fire department. You could go in a group thing or you can go to, to an event or, so, or something or get together. It's just not the same. Yeah, you have your laughs and you see the guys and you're all hugs and kisses, but there's no real pranks there. Like you break your balls and guys laugh, but it's not the same as, as just, you always had to be alert in the firehouse, especially, I don't know about other firehouses, but ours was fucking, you had to have spider senses all the time. You always had to be aware because anybody it don't matter. Top down could get fucking pranks played on them. So let's see. Uh, we got two. I got two bucket stories that I want that I want to say. One was buck one where I got bucketed and one where I bucketed somebody. I wasn't a huge bucketer. I was always afraid I was going to fall off the roof or some shit like that. So I didn't really bucket too many people. I think I really only tried or attempted two or three times, but I actually only hit a guy once. Me and another guy hit this dude. And it was so funny. I'm still, I'm laughing about it, thinking about it. Anyway, the first time is when I got bucketed. Not, it wasn't the first time I got bucketed, but this was probably the best bucket I've ever been involved with. Got done, just, you just didn't fucking expect it. Our kitchen table was, was long, just like most firehouse kitchen tables. And I, like I said, the parking lot was outside. And I used to sit with my back to the parking lot, right? So I could look at the front door and my seat. I always sat in the same spot and it was the closest to the kitchen. I was sitting there since I got to that firehouse so I could be the first one up, last one to sit down, to get in the sink, da 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 So I just, I'm a creature of habit. I'm a creature of routine, maybe a little OCD. So I always sat in the same spot. I even kicked the fucking uh, covering lieutenant out of there one day when I had time. He was sitting in my spot. I was like, uh, you know, you sit in my spot. He was like, really? I was like, I was like, yeah, I don't want to be a dick, but fucking move. <laughs> he did. He was cool. He's a good dude. I still see him. Anyway, I'm sitting in my seat. Table's full. It's after dinner. We're having a, we're just fucking having a blast. Guys are smoking cigars. I think some guys are playing cards. We're waiting on the next run. You know, we got the TV on. We're just talking. We're just bullshit. We're just being together and having a blast. Now, years ago, one of the window, the window behind me had a, an air conditioner like cover, but it was like a grate that you'd stick an air conditioner in there and it was like a support for it, but it was all open. It was a grate. So you, you can stick the air conditioner in and it would settle on this, this fucking thing, whatever the fuck it was called. I don't know. I'm at a loss for words right now, but there was no air conditioner in there and the wind is slid down from the top and slid up from the bottom. Somebody turned the top window around and then flipped it, opened it. So it opened out to the, to the, to the parking lot. So it angled in on me like this and it was right behind me. I always sat there. I always looked at it. I always knew it was there. It was always closed. I always made sure because guys have gotten fucking bucketed there before. 
and you, they would put, the window was open and they would put a, a pan right there to, to angle down. So I'm sitting there and I'm just fucking, I'm bitching about something, right? I'm blah, 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 I'm on my fucking soapbox and I'm like, blah, this motherfucker and that motherfucker and this motherfucker. You know, and guys are just, and I didn't notice it at first, but the guys all sitting next to me and sitting on the other side of me, they just slowly started making their way to the other end of the, the table. <laughs> and one guy was sitting here, right, right in front of me. And he's smoking a cigar and he's just like, and he was like the fucking decoy. And then another guy was in, in the, the doorway. Finally, that guy gets up and he starts walking to the end of the table. And I'm, and I'm still going, bye, 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 as he's walking down the, the table. And I look over and there's 12 guys or 10 guys piled into the corner of the kitchen. <laughs> and I, all of a sudden, I look at the guy in the, in the doorway and he's on the cell phone. And, all, and I look at the guys in the corner and I go, oh shit. And I hear, I can hear the fucking water coming. It sounded like a freight train. And I went, oh, and I fucking tried getting up and I couldn't fast enough and the water hit the pan through the open window and I don't think a drop of water got on the floor it fucking perfect shot covered me as I was trying to get up off the chair climb over the table fucking soaks me so soaked the whole table it did it got on the floor it was hysterical the fucking guys were crying this was such a perfect shot he had to stand over there and just pour the water straight down. And the guy on the phone was telling him, he's sitting there, he has no idea what the fuck is happening. But just to see, all in a split second, to figure out what was going on. The guy's in the corner, the guy at the door, and here in the water, and I couldn't get out of there fast enough. So, they fucking got me. They got me real good. And you know what was great about that? Everybody helped clean it up. Everybody helped fucking clean up the water, the mess that it made. We all had a fucking laugh. It was a blast. It was it was a blast. No, like we nobody fucking got their feelings hurt or anything like that. So that was one story. My next story is when I bucketed somebody else with help, with help. So it was a summer night, right? And we were running our balls off as usual. So we go out for a bullshit box, probably like a gas leak or something like that. And we leave quarters and there's a party going, ac going on across the street from the front house. Now, all the across the street from the front house, when I first got there, were all burned out brownstones except for like one. But they were all kind of being renovated except for a few. I think by this time, most of them were renovated. Anyway, we pull out of quarters, you know, it's two in the morning, 32 in the morning, and there's a party across the street. Like a fucking 150 people just hanging out, out of a brownstone, on the stoop, walking around, having a blast. You know, there's music playing, and it's great. It was a great summer night. So we come back from a run, and the engine gets back first, right? <laughs> so me and a buddy of mine, who eventually transferred to the truck, who's actually retiring this year, I think. He goes, he goes let's fucking get that guy, because he bucketed me. And I was never able to get him back. And it happened like a year or two ago, and he's been holding it in. And this guy didn't really bucket anybody either. So we weren't, we loved the shenanigans, but we didn't really get, like, we weren't good at it. So he, we didn't do it much. And I go, I'm, I'm in, bro. Let's fucking get him. He goes, so we run upstairs. We run up to the roof before the truck gets back. This guy was in the truck. The truck usually comes back after the engine. And we're waiting on the fucking roof. 
right? The engine's in quarters, the truck pulls up, the guy gets off the rig on the opposite side of the rig of the firehouse, and the truck, the truck pulls in quarters. It back, they back in quarters, and he's and he's sitting there, and there's a bunch of girls out, you know, the party's going on, and they're like, hey, fireman, hey, fireman, we love you. And this one guy, and he's walking, he's looking at the at the party, and he's going, hey, yeah, hi. And that's that's how we talked. That's how we made him talk. Yeah, hi, hey, how you doing? And he's he wasn't looking up at the building. <laughs> he wasn't looking up at the building. And we fucking got him. One, two, whoosh. We threw the buckets, threw the buckets on the roof, and ran back to the bunk room before the water even fucking hit him. And we heard, as we were running down the stairs, into the bunk room, we heard the whole crowd at the party go, oh, shit, what? And he was fucking covered with water, covered. Embarrassed the shit out of him in front of like 150 people. They were fucking rolling. It was so great. And the great, we went back to the bunk room and he came running up looking for us. He didn't know it was us though. Another great thing about it was the other guy we were working with, was known, a known bucketer. He was good at it. He had bucketed everybody in the firehouse. He was always looking for an opportunity to fucking get somebody. And this guy thought it was him. It saved our ass. We were under the <laughs> we were in our bunks under the covers, out of breath, fucking crying. And he was, he was so mad. He was trying to get this other. He was like, bro, it wasn't me. He was like, I know it was you, you motherfucker. I know you embarrassed me. We fucking got him. And I don't think to this, to this day, to this day, I don't think he knows that it was us that did it to him. So fucking, now you know, brother. If you watch this, hopefully you do. I love that guy, man. The day I retired, the day before I retired, the day before I retired, I marched in the St. Patty's Day Parade. My last, my last day as a full duty fireman, as a full active duty fireman was St. Patrick's Day. And I marched in the parade up Fifth Avenue with all the guys in blue. My wife and son were on the parade route, and there was there was tears, there was tears of joy, there was laughs. Me and my son switched hats. He had like an Irish, an Irish woolen cap on, and I had my fire department cap on. We switched caps. It was like, it was it was a great moment. I have pictures of it. Maybe I'll put pictures up one day. But it was so funny. He this guy, he had been out of the house already. He got promoted, and he marched with me the whole way with with, with some of the other guys. And I was like, dude. That, thanks, man. That meant a lot to me. And I love the guy. I do. He's a, he's a friend of mine. Uh, but we got him good, man. We fucking got him. But anyway, that's that's just two two pranks and shenanigans in the firehouse. And again, it's all in good fun. No one gets fucking hurt. We're not out to, to, to beat anybody up. Nobody's out to, to you know, disrespect anybody. We're, we're all in this together. We're all brothers. It's a fraternity. And that's what you do with your brothers. You prank them. You break their balls. You have fun. You train them. You teach them. He should have looked up at the building no matter what. And he didn't because he got distracted. You can't let anything fucking distract you in a fire when you got a job to do. Right? You got your job to do. You got to look, be aware of your surroundings. But you can't get distracted by, by some stupid shit, man. A bunch of girls and some guys at a party. Oh, hi, yeah, I'm the best. Look at me, look at me. Douche. Anyway, anyway, that that's I just wanted to get that story up because I'm having a good day today. I'm laughing. I'm having fun. And these things come to me. These things come to me when I'm working out. 
sometimes they come, you know, before I go to bed and I can't sleep and I'm like, oh, I got to talk about this shit. But they're just two stories that I wanted to say. I hope you really liked them. I liked them. I hope somebody laughed. I hope firemen that are out there fucking know what I'm talking about and they laughed. I hope anybody who is, is involved in some sort of fraternity like that, the brotherhood, with a bunch of people that you're all involved, that you're all know what each other's going through and any sort of pranks and any sort of jokes that you can play on each other, all in good fun. Don't hurt anybody. And let's get through this together. That's how we all got through to get through this. That's how we all dealt with it through humor, through fun, through pranks and through training. All right. So like I always say, it must be true. If you heard it, heard it at the kitchen table, I'll get that shit right one day. It'll start flowing one day. It must be true. If you heard it at the kitchen table, I'll see you at the big one.